We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. Welcome to the KC Laboratory. Presented by Emprise Bank here on the KC Sports Network. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to hang out with us a little bit here. Very special episode for us. We had to jump on and talk about an honor. I think I, I, I safely speaking for all of us is one of our favorite Chiefs uh, and a pretty important era for all of us as Chiefs fans too. Tom Bahali signing a one-day contract to retire as a Kansas City Chief. Here to help me talk about Tomba and his career, my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, what is good with you, my friend? Oh, coming off of a good weekend, you get some news like this for one of your favorite Chiefs of all time. Easily top five, probably top three currently for me. And you get this. This is something that's been you know a little overdue. I'm really glad the Chiefs are getting this done. Tomba deserves it. I'm really happy to talk about this with you guys. I'm fairly certain that Craig started writing right as Tom Bahali was drafted or something along those lines because that's roughly the same age gap we're looking at. (laughs) Not quite, not quite. Although, you know, the Chiefs signing him to a contract for him to retire as a Kansas City Chief is very important to all of us, as it should be to you, whether or not you know Tom Bahali or not. The last time that the Chiefs signed some players to retire as Chiefs, they won the Super Bowl. So this Perfect. is a positive thing. We are already lining up the offseason in the correct way here. We're getting our That's ducks That's what in we a missed row. last year. That <laughs> is. That COVID really ruined it for multiple reasons. We didn't realize what those all were yet, but... That's clearly one of them because they didn't get to do that last year might be one of the reasons why we are seeing that this year for Tom Bahali rather than last year. Yeah, because you saw a few uh, in the stretch of 2019 in the offseason. You saw Dwayne Bowe getting this honor, uh, Jamal Charles getting this honor. And so now it's great to see that Tom Bahali, uh, who is in a very similar era as those two guys, um, teammates of both of those players, is now part of. Uh, uh, getting that honor. And I think that's, that's just really fantastic. And, um, you know, it, he, he had a remarkable career. He really did. He had a stretch of six straight pro bowls from 2010 to 2015. He was a two time, uh, second team, all pro player in 2011 and 2013. One of those years was good. One of those years was not so good. <laughs> and then we can talk a little <laughs> bit about that in a second, but I mean, this, this is a player that, um, really, had a remarkable career and it started all the way back when he was drafted. He was the big 10 defensive lineman of the year, his final year at Penn state, a unanimous all American 
first team all Big Ten, and the first round pick for the Kansas City Chiefs in the 2006 NFL Draft, Matthew. Yeah, and this was the first year that I really started paying attention to the NFL Draft. And before that, I was a fan of the NFL Draft. I really was. It was just more about, is this player good in college? Okay, he's probably going to be good in the pro. I like this guy's (laughs) ability to catch a football, so we should draft him to catch a football now at the next level. That 2006 was just kind of the first year where I was like, okay, there's a little bit more that goes into being a good NFL football player than just being good in college. So the Chiefs go, they draft Tom Bahali, and if I remember correctly, he had an abysmal 40 time. And that's the only athletic metric that anybody cared about when at that point in time when you're talking about the draft. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm thinking, I'm like, well, his change of direction numbers are pretty good. His shuttle's pretty good. Like, I don't think I care if he can run 40 yards or not as a defensive end, so let's see how this plays out. And lo and behold... 16-year-old me, 15-year-old me at the time was correct. You don't need to run a good 40 time to be a good defensive end, guys. <laughs> oh, good old Maddie. Really getting past the 40 times early, you know, not getting stuck on that. Yeah, I mean, he was a Senior Bowl MVP when he came out, and he's in the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame. Like, he he has really kind of gone through several different iterate. Like, he's been good for a very long time. He was good at Penn State. Came into the NFL, was on some really, really, really awful teams. I mean, super awful teams, including some that lacked some serious pass rush. Even with him on there, not necessarily his fault. It's just very easy to focus on a singular dude. And then he had to make a transition from, I mean, he played defensive tackle for a long time, transitioned to 4-3 defensive end, and then transitioned to 3-4 outside linebacker. And that entire time, he had production. He was, you know, he won awards. He was just good throughout the entire time that he's had to play football. Just a lasting impression. I think he, I believe he's second on the team in Chiefs history in sacks. I mean, that's saying something because they've had some really good pass rushers in the history of this franchise. So really good to see him honored. I know they really kind of touched all of us in a way, in that way, like for me writing about him making that transition to three, four outside linebacker was a big deal. Like a lot of us weren't sure if that was going to happen because you had to drop in coverage and you had to, yeah, it was a, it was very different from the things that he had done to that point, but made that transition almost, you know, seamlessly and was able to really produce, like it was a couple of years later that he was a second team all pro. So really, really high class player for this organization. Really good to see him on it. I think it speaks to his football character. And I think that's something that really put on display for, you know, the, you know, the entirety of his career, this man played hard uh, and it was whatever was asked of him. He was going to do, he was a man that, um, you know, like you said, was, was put through a lot of different situations, but he came out better for it and he found ways to be, you know, productive. And I'm looking at this list here, the 2006 NFL draft guys. And, I'm not sure. I, I think he might be the best defensive end in his draft class. I think the only person that might even be able to argue is is Mario Williams, who had a very good career. But I, I'm telling you what, I think Tom Bailey might be the best defensive end from the 2006 NFL draft class. And that's just speaking something to, to him, the player. I mean, it's not easy to do at all. And he was the 20th pick in the draft that year. Um, you know, he got passed over by some teams, but 
boy, he really found, you know, an opportunity here in Kansas City, despite a lot of different uh, iterations of defenses. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that's that's a, that's an impressive feat, Maddie. I really I mean, if you can if you can find someone better, Emless Doomerville, he had a pretty quality career there. Uh, Mario Williams, I think Tom Bahali has it on both of these guys. I would lean towards Mario Williams. This is no slight over Tom Bahali, but I do think Mario Williams throughout his career maybe got a little bit less help across him. And I know we just got done talking about Tom Bahali was kind of the sole pass rusher at times, but he did get guys where he got to play next to at different points in his career that were equally as good as him as pure pass rushers. Don't think Mario Williams really got that as much. So I would edge towards Mario Williams, but he was also an athletic freak of nature that went number one overall in the NFL draft. I think it's pretty easy to say Tom Bahali was the second best defensive end. You can maybe even make an argument as a quick glancer here that he might even been one of the top three to five players at worst from this entire draft class when it's all said and done. And again, I think I just have to go back. We're talking about a guy who maybe didn't have elite physical traits. Like he was a very much an NFL athlete, but he did not have the most elite athletic specimen mold that a lot of guys have. But what he had was heart, 100% heart. There was at no point in time where Tom Bahali was not giving you everything he had. And I think that's what made him sink so hard and deep into Chiefs fans' hearts as well. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it kind of started from a very young age from with him. Like, he, he's gone through adversity and conflict and things like that his entire life. I mean, he, he left Liberia at the age of 10 because of a civil war that was basically ravaging that, that country. And then, you know, like he had to earn his citizenship in the United States. Like he, he was getting his citizenship while the chiefs were doing two a day practices (laughs) in Wisconsin, you know, trying, trying to get on, you know, it's just, he took a completely different path to the NFL and he worked his ass off. Every single opportunity he got, it was a mentality. Like Maddie said, he just gave his all 100% of the time, a full mentality, you know, basically nonstop all the way through everything. And yeah, that's definitely why Chiefs fans have appreciated him as much as they have, have really kind of attached themselves to him in a big way. Like Chiefs fans love this man, love, love, love this man. So I, yeah, it, he showed it on the field just the same way that he showed it in life. And, and it's been awesome to watch all this time. So yeah, fantastic. There's only one player in Kansas city chiefs history with more sacks than him. And that's Derek Thomas. And that's a really high bar to clear. Um, This is, you know, this remarkable career. Every single game of his career was with the Kansas city chiefs. He was a KC KC chiefs lifer. Um, I want to talk, you know, let's, let's kind of just go for, let's just start here. So we've talked a little bit about this already, but you know, and it it can, it probably might just be, you know, just the effort level is a big piece of this, but how is he remembered here in KC? What's his legacy as a Kansas city chief? Uh, If you can kind of boil it down to one word or, or one idea, Maddie. I think the one thing when I think of with Tom Mahali is just, it's just energy. There's nonstop energy on the field, off the field, no matter what he was doing, he seemed to always have this energy about him. And I don't just mean in terms of like effort or constantly being going that was on the field, but he just had this positive energy about him when he was talking to people, when you you could just tell that teammates loved him, that fans loved him, that everybody around the team loved him. He just put out 
positive energy at all times. And I think that exuded from every bout of thing that he did. Yeah, that's that's exactly what he did at all times. Like it's uh, you saw it on the sidelines, even when he wasn't playing, you saw this man on the sidelines. He was the very definition of an energy giver. Andy Reid likes to use that definition a lot. And that's exactly what he was. And that's the lasting impact that that nonstop all go energy lifting team teammates up when the offense is on the field he's the guy that's just as loud as the fans except he's standing right next to Andy Reid or Todd Haley or you know whoever it was like it, it was there always and so it, it was just very very difficult to not see him and the energy that he brought when he couldn't be on the sidelines. And so uh, that is his lasting impression. That is his lasting effect because there were a lot of teams in there that were bad. There were a lot of teams that were in there that were really, really good as well. I, he, he got to find some success later on in his career, which was awesome for him. But then when that wasn't there, it just kind of felt like there was a hole because it, a Tomba-sized hole, if there was, because there wasn't that 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 just abundance of <laughs> that bright shining light of energy that's standing there on the sidelines making sure that everybody knows that that he's there there was a fierce level of loyalty to the chiefs oh, that's man. something that i see as part of when when i'm looking at his legacy and and you 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 would hear and kind of pay attention to some of the things and how he would say them down the stretch of his career and it was just this man and the chief this is not a slander or dunking on the Chiefs in any way, shape, or form when I say this, so please don't take it like that. The Chiefs didn't give him much to be loyal about, and I mean that from a win-loss perspective. He went through some regime changes that were absolutely brutal, and he went through an era of football uh, in one of the blackest marks on in the history of this organization in 2012, and it wasn't like it was perfect before that either some really difficult, you know, eras to be part of. And he was the bridge. He was a guy that was able to bridge the gap. One of the few players that was able to bridge the gap, you know, from average mediocre football to, um, you know, some of the darkest moments in the history of this organization to ushering in the Andy Reid era. And he was a guy that wanted to be a part of this despite all of the, years for this for this football team and and, in the highs and lows he was there he was steady he was consistent he was what he was and I think he was a change agent and someone that was really uh I I think you know with Andy Reid he's a guy that you know it's a guy that I'm sure Andy Reid is grateful for because he was able to help establish that culture quicker I mean you saw that Andy Reid and the Chiefs hit the ground running in 2013 yeah. And guys and yeah. guys like Tom Bahali were a big key component of that. And I think that's one of the standing legacies for this guy is just, you know, what he was, you know, how he's able to usher different eras in and, and how much of a desire it was. It was always just a, a fierce loyalty to this organization. And it's really remarkable and special to see, you know, that he, it was an entire se- it was an entire career with the Chiefs. I think it's worth noting that, you know, a lot of a lot of Chiefs fans like look at a guy like Eric Berry, who fully deserves, you know, all the acclaim and love that he that he's gotten as a Kansas City Chief at but as a leader on the field and everything like that. Like people view Eric as that leader. Tomba was that leader through several head coaches, 
several generations, a couple GMs, three GMs, essentially. So this was a guy that was at the constant presence, a constant leader in that room and showing others how to be a professional, how to work hard, how to keep it going and how to give that sort of energy and enthusiasm back to the game. And that's that's something that you can't say about a lot of guys. A lot of guys tend to get maybe a little bit bitter, you know, they they don't want to help out some of the young guys or whatever the case may be, but Tomba was that guy in that room for so many years for the Chiefs. So yeah, to to Kent's point there, that transitional period probably doesn't happen as easily if you don't have guys like Tomba on the team to be able to make that transition. Well, and the most impressive part about it, and it's something that we have touched on a couple times now, but he wasn't given a lot of help with the team around him. There was bad teams that the Chiefs had going on there for a while. I think before Andy got here, the Chiefs had, what, two winning seasons with Tom Bahali, and he was still every bit as part of invested in the Chiefs as they were him. Yeah. He never waned. He was never trying to force his way out. The teams weren't good. And it wasn't that they were bad on the field. It was not a good place to be. It did not seem like a place outside of a couple few select players yeah. where guys were having fun, where it was a good process to be part of. But he was here. He never wanted to get out. He stuck it through. And I was super happy that he was able to stay here, be part of some of the success starting when Andy Reid got here and they started to win a little bit because he deserved it. He deserved to have that ending of his career there, get a couple winning seasons and feel like the best guy out there. All right. So, um, I, we kind of said it earlier, Tom Bahali played a, a key role in all of our fandom. Uh, and I just want to know, just from your guys' perspective, just, you know, what he meant to you as as a Chiefs fan, you know, just uh, just kind of what try, – try to encompass that for, for people, for you personally, what he meant to you as, as a fan of this football team. Maddie, go. It was just a period of time where I'm really getting into football I kind of started he was the main chief along with Derek, Derek Johnson when I stopped playing he's the guy that I'm tuning into the Chiefs to root for he was one of the reasons one of the driving forces for why I wanted to watch the Chiefs play football and it's just kind of that connection to a specific player on your favorite team it's just something I'm always going to remember he was a reason that on Sundays that I'm sitting down to watch the Chiefs he's the reason that I learned that you know if you're an offensive tackle and you want to throw your arm around someone's neck, it's not always going to be called. I'm looking at you, Ryan, lady of the Denver Broncos, who never once had a legal block on Tom Bahali over like 16 matchups. You know, he taught me so much about myself and my fandom, how much I enjoy the Chiefs, but also, you know, little rules like that about the game. I'm, uh, for me, it was um, players can transcend what you've seen from scheme to scheme. It's not just, hey, this dude's a 4-3 defensive end. He's put his hand in the dirt, and therefore he's not going to be able to make that transition to 3-4 outside linebacker. One of the very first posts that I made for Arrowhead Pride back in 2010, early 2010, was about making that switch, you know, I, I about making that switch to, to an outside linebacker for him. I gave him a poor fit because I said, you know, basically – He's not going to be good in coverage, which, I mean, he wasn't. But he he was going to struggle to stand up, play from that two-point a little bit more, struggle to really kind of be able to set the edge against the run sometimes from you know standing up and coming from a wider stance and all of that. And I was wrong. 
Like I was 100% wrong about his ability to make that transition. So, I mean, it, it, it taught me maybe a little bit more how to read some of these scheme changes, how to read these switches between players and how I can, you know, project some players into some of those things. And it also taught me that Tom Bahali is a badass and he can do a lot of stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, like get choke held by Ryan Clady and not snap after you know that many years. But I, I do think that that he was kind of my first real segue into that and getting to see him grow as that player, getting to see him translate as that was just so impressive. It was so awesome to see. And I'm so glad that it happened for him. Um, for me, started like I think early on, it was he was a bright spot in a dismal time to be a Chiefs fan, or a really sad time to be a Chiefs fan. He was one of the few bright spots, and one of the guys that I really enjoyed watching play, and one of the guys I had a lot of hope for as a you know as a potential cornerstone when this thing finally gets turned around. You know, um, <laughs> that's how it started, and then I think just seeing how I think it's just crazy how the back end of his career went and it was a guy that was trying to do everything he could to play, just play. And how I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of layers. to it. it's just watching how much he appreciated the opportunities he was given to be a player in this league. It was how much he wanted to be a chief. It was um, the effort he gave. It was, it was all those things. It was just such a cool, it was just a cool transition to, to see him over the course of his career for me personally. And I think that's one of the things that endeared me or endeared him to me, you know, and um, he's a chief for life for sure for me. And I, I this mm-hmm. isn't lip service. I hope this doesn't come off as lip service. Like we're just celebrating someone that we don't like. We genuinely one of my favorite chiefs of all time. And I don't think uh, there's anybody out there. I mean, there's probably someone, but I doubt there's very many people out there that don't love Tom Bahali, Chiefs fans that do not appreciate him and love what he brought to this team. He's just one of those guys. It'd be really hard to pick reasons not to like him. Well, it's the story. It's this. It's he's a remarkable story, regardless of you know. Again, it's he's an ultimate sign of adversity, and it extends beyond the football field, but it obviously exists on the football field too. Like it's just his whole career was, you know, his whole life, you know dealing with the adversity, you know, with, with, you know, a war torn childhood and rising above that coming to the United States and becoming a football player and developing into a really, really good football player, arguably one of the best players. Fine. Fine. Maddie, you know what, Maddie, the resumes for Mario Williams and Tom Bahali are closer than you think. I'm just going to leave that there. Uh, <laughs> Only but- one of them is going to be in the chiefs ring of honor. though. <laughs> That is a fact. I mean, you can't argue that. You can't argue it. Look, Mario Williams. I have many less good memories about Mario Williams than I do Tom Bahali. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I guess that settles it. Tom Bahali was the best player in the entire draft that year. Mario Williams has eight more sacks, a first-team All-Pro under his belt. Tamba has twice the forced fumbles in his career. I'm just saying. I'm that just... man was very good. Like, low-key, let's talk about that a little bit. That man was a ball hawk. Like, he was clutch with those things, too. Like, lots of fourth-quarter strip sacks throughout his career. Like, ultra yeah. great at that. 
Yeah. Well, he was a. I think he just played with such strength, and like the, now we can maybe we can nerd out a little bit here. Like yeah, Maddie was talking about maybe not the athletic profile being perfect, but I think he was a dense player, and maybe he didn't have the same kind of athletic traits that some guys do from a testing perspective. But if you adjusted for his density, and he was just a very and this is it's a good thing. He's a dense, powerful defensive end. Brett Veach would love Pete Tamba. Because Brett Veach loves players. It starts with the power, you know, playing through power. That's what Tomba was. Like, he was a dense, powerful player who actually showed some ability to turn a corner. And, like, that's that was so impressive about him is, you know, he would operate through the, through the chest of an offensive tackle. But he actually had a little bit more bend than people give him credit for. And I think some of those sacks and some of those strip sacks and, and getting the ball out of the hands of the quarterback specifically came from some of those kind of plays, Matty. Well, I think a lot of it goes back to a lot of his off-season training, too. I think every year, Tom was getting into some new kind of athletic training, whether it was the mixed martial arts and everything else and technique, whether it was taking up yoga and stuff. like He did a lot of non-direct football-related stuff to get better on the football field, and it showed. Because I do think when he was younger, when he first got to the NFL, he very much was a dense, powerful player, used his length well, had good, powerful hands, but he was a power rusher. And as time went on, all of a sudden, his ankles started bending a little bit more. His hips got a lot more flexible, and he just showed some of the best body control you're going to see out of a 275-pound defensive end. And that's where you get those plays of him dipping down below a tackle, coming up, forcing the fumble. I think he very early on learned the art of stripping the football from a quarterback. Like, we talked about the forced fumbles. That is something that he trained for. He learned it. Everybody now seems to know it, but when he was really during his prime, that wasn't something that everybody did. Only the top echelon pass rushers were able to come down and rip that ball out. He did it. He constantly perfected his craft, knowing that he wasn't the most athletic specimen in the world. He got better at everything he could get better at, and he became the most technical, very powerful, but the most technical pass rusher I'd seen in a while at that point in time. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that we all know who Master Kim is should speak <laughs> to Tomba's brilliance. Like, you can't just drop that reference. Oh, Master Kim. the Oh, you mean the guy that Tomba went to train with to get better at mixed martial arts so that he could hand fight better, so that he understood leverage a little bit better. So he improved his reaction time a little more. He was just so unorthodox in the way that he approached the game. It wasn't just show up, do these four things that we're all doing and we're just going to slowly improve to this. He went outside of that. He tried to learn how to get that little extra advantage. I mean, that's a, that's ultra intelligent as a defensive end. Like we talk about these high IQ dudes that, that are out there, you know, that play diagnosed that try and get this leg up on guys because they see these tendencies and tackles and things like that. Like, that's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Tomba went, okay, I can do that too, but I'm going to take it to this level and I'm going to hit this dude with some jujitsu that he's not seen before <laughs> because other defensive ends aren't out here, you know, doing this stuff. So it, it was awesome the way that he kind of changed the way that, that that happened to the point where other Chiefs pass rushers were there with Master Kim and Master Kim started getting work with defensive ends because people were watching Tomba swiping the ball away, clearing tackles arm, you know, 
able to work through all these different things and be the pass rusher that he was, people started clamoring to go to this Master Kim guy just because Tomba's out here wrecking havoc on the league after having a good season or two working in the offseason with Master Kim. It's just awesome to have that kind of approach. Just shows the different line of thinking that he had. Well, you said transcendent earlier, and I think this is one of those areas. I'm sure other pass rushers had worked with mixed martial artist guys before to sure. work on their hand technique, but this Tamba Hali stuff, because he was really good, it really blew up, and it caught on not only with the Chiefs organization, but all around the NFL. Guys all of a sudden are working with not directly related to football kind of athletic trainers to get better in specific areas specifically mixed martial arts and now all of a sudden everyone's coming out waxing on and waxing off like they just watched the karate game <laughs> keeping their chest clean and they're all of a sudden all these pass rushers are getting better i can only imagine how fun tom bahali would have been to have at these uh von miller's pass rush summit that they have going on right oh. now he would have taught oh, so many guys around the league how to rush the passer in a way they never thought about before and he kind of was that's why I want to go back. Transcendent. Any time where guys weren't sharing tips and tricks that much, I really do think a lot of NFL players looked at Tom Mahali and said, I want to do what that guy's doing because he's making it look really cool and it's working really well. That, we saw a little bit of that. Is that the you were about to tell the Joey Bosa thing? Like that's working my story into, that I want to close on. Sorry. You know what? We're gonna transition to that right now. Thanks a lot, Craig. I want you to all go them. around and talk you do about it. Our, I want to talk about our favorite Tom Bahali stories. And I want to talk this. None of y'all have heard this one. Maybe y'all have never paid attention to this one. Not neither of you. Joey Bosa and Tom. <laughs> I just look, I think Tom was a huge ambassador for the national football league. And he was, a, it was, he want, he loved this game and he wanted to leave the game better than he found it. And one of the best ways to exemplify that was his willingness to show a young Joey Bosa, some simple hand techniques that, you know, they were, they were working on after a game. He wanted to show, um, he wanted to show the next generation and, and pass some things on. And that just speaks to the kind of player, the kind of man, the kind of ambassador for the national football league and for the Kansas city chiefs that Tom Bali was. And that is my story, Craig, that I wanted to impart do you have do you have one, Craig, or did I just steal yours? Are we? Is that the one lasting impression for all three of us? No. Okay. No, so no. Funny it was mine too. So we'll like we'll let Craig go because it was going to be mine as well. I have a funny really? one after this. It's wow. The, it's such a good story. It, it, it is a I great remember, story. I remember watching that video and just it, it's not and I think it's you know I think it's you don't see that very often. And I think that was such a it was, a, it was a cool sign to see an older guy on the way out who probably had a feeling he was on the way out, getting going off and doing something like that for a young guy who, I mean, he's gonna terror he's terrorizing the National Football League. He's one of the highest paid defensive players now. You know, I sorry who at the time was I mean probably a better player than Tom. Holly Tom Holly went out there to a guy who was probably on that day a better football player and was giving him a advice on how to be even better despite it being an opponent a rival i think that's just one of the things that sums up kind of who he was and how we feel about how he saw the nfl and the nfl saw him maddie maddie i have several just from my time with tomba so do you do you have another one because i can go any direction craig's got the rolodex (laughs) that was mine it really was mine i think it should be no surprise 
Is the the giant football nerd wanted to talk about how he was doing <laughs> hand technique drills with Joey Bosa at midfield post game? I will say I think this is probably one of the moments that sits in everyone's mind. The iconic picture versus the Colts, where Tom Mahali's got just blood everywhere, all over his jersey. He's fighting through a lot of nonsense without a lot of help for the Colts. He had a sack that game. I believe he also forced the fumble on that sack, if I'm not mistaken, Kent. Back to your point, but just the iconic picture where he just has the look in his eyes and his just entire face in jersey just covered in blood shows how much effort he gives on every single play every single game that that was Tom Mahali in a nutshell that picture I think shows you everything about him as a player yeah I that picture has been ingrained in my mind that I know that it's the third quarter with 36 seconds left to go on the clock that's how much that's how much that picture has been ingrained in my mind that was that was one of them I mean, that's just iconic. Like, imagine, listen, Peyton Manning at that point was Peyton Manning. Don't get me wrong, but Peyton Manning had to be looking to his left and seeing Tom Lee <laughs> over there, blood gushing all over his chin strap and that dark visor that you don't wear if you're a defensive end unless you're a badass like Tom Lee. <laughs> I mean, that's just an absolutely frightening image i mean to be coming off the edge there so yeah there's that one there was a game i i believe the year somebody correct me if i'm wrong here um was 2015 the year that they lost five in a row at the beginning of the year they started one and five i believe believe that's correct correct. i believe i believe it was the steelers game the very first win after that loss of five like everybody the sky was falling oh no Andy Reid came here and he brought the losses with him. Tom Balahali had two sacks in the fourth quarter of that game. I believe the second one was a strip sack to help ice the game. The first one forced a field goal. The Chiefs won that game. They rattled off 10 straight wins after that. Like that's the epitome of Tom Balahali showing up when you need him most, when it's dire. Like your back's against the wall. You don't have another option. Tamba Hali's still there. He's still coming. And it's the fourth quarter. And he's going to make a play. Like he just did it countless times in his career. I mean, 2013, he did it. I remember like it just all the time. He was there in the big moments. I do want to say this. KCSN on the Substack. Make sure you subscribe on or you know, uh tomorrow we will have the all Tomba, you know, KCSN newsletter there. I know BJ's got so many stories from his time with the Chiefs. I know he's going to share some of those. You know, he's got great Tomba stories. We've all heard some of them before. So make sure that you are subscribed to that because you're going to want to read those. Yeah, he snuck a few in and kind of told us a few. Uh, it's going to be worth reading. They're worth it. <laughs> We it's somehow got three. through the best Tom Bahali moments and didn't mention him almost single-handedly dismantling the undefeated Packers. Oh, man. Oh, I yes. was there for that game. Countless times. I was there in the so end zone many, view of that game. There's so it many was, memories. There is, but just, just that one. Coming in 14-0, the Packers ran into Tom Bahali, and all, all of a sudden, they're no longer undefeated. We can't, we can't <laughs> end on this one, so Craig's going to have to go through the Rolodex. One of my favorite memories of Tom Bali 
is him doing the kid and play with Justin Houston on that terrible oh. 2012 football team. Oh, no. I love oh, it. No. I don't know why. Just, I loved it, too. I, they were so bad, but, like, the joy was still there. <laughs> you know? Uh, it was funny. I'm sorry. that <laughs> I love that moment, even though it was exemplifying a lot of bad things. It was funny watching Tom Ali do the kid and play. Let's just be honest. What? Okay. So we'll, just we'll close this out. Close this. What, how do we feel about Tama Juice? <laughs> we'll close it out. We'll close it out on a high here. Think back to 2017. You don't got to think back far. Think back to 2017. Tamba Hali isn't really practicing. You know, he's there for game day. You know, uh, you know, he's day to day, but you know, he's there for game day. And he's standing on the sidelines on some of the loudest arrowhead evenings with a giant white towel, you know, and he's at the front. Like the coaches have the box that they have to stay in and a line. He's beyond the line. He's basically standing <laughs> on the sidelines, arguably the loudest person in arrowhead flinging the towel up and down. Just, you can see him, from the broadcast view, from, you know, from the wide, like he's just standing out. That's how much he loved the Chiefs. That's how much he loved this team. And they've repaid it to him by allowing him to retire as a Chief. And it's awesome. And he earned so many of those moments. He earned those moments of joy getting to be part of football that was relevant in this city because he had been through so much <laughs> a lot <laughs> a lot salute to tom bali congratulations on signing a one-day contract with the chiefs what an honor and it could not happen to a better player that is going to do it for a special episode here of the kc laboratory honoring tom bali thank you so much for listening reading watching the kc sports network presented by emprise bank be on the lookout for everything going on here at KCSN. We'll catch you later. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability just one part that makes o'reilly stand apart the professional parts people oh 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 o'reilly auto parts